Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. I'm your host, Charlie Wright, and we're sitting in our studio here today with Mark Eicher, Chief Investment Officer and Portfolio Manager for Sterling Global Strategies. They're headquartered out of Carlsbad, but again, Mark is with us here in our studios in Costa Mesa, California. So, Mark, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Charlie, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we're looking forward to hearing from you. So let's begin with a little background of uh, Sterling here. Mark, how did it begin? What's it all about and the like? Yeah, so, so the three of us, uh, there's three managing partners, and we started the firm back in October of 2008. Probably not the best time in the world to be starting a financial <laughs> services firm, but the three of us go back a long time. We began our careers at Smith Barney back in the early 90s, and we created a corporate services team back in uh, back in the mid to late 90s. Through that, um, we ended up with, uh, with some public companies and a bunch of private companies, and we would get liquidity events from some of the executives. And what those execu- what we would do with those, uh, with those dollars is we would create nice asset allocation models. That's what we were taught earlier in our careers. And everything uh, went okay. We, we didn't feel like we were keeping up when the markets were going up in the late 90s, but we really turned sour on the whole idea after the markets fell in 2000, 2000, 2000 2001, 2002. When a typical asset allocation model was down 18 to 26, 27 percent, someplace in those in that area, and I really took it to heart. I didn't uh, I didn't like watching clients lose money, and so I started to think that there had to be a better way to to manage assets. And I think that we fit well into asset allocation models of products that we have. But when when I started to think about asset allocation, what I was taught is that. Some asset classes are going up, some asset classes are going down. Nobody can predict those things that are going down, and so you need to own a piece of everything. And um, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that uh, most bear markets last for long periods of time, um, no matter what asset class you're looking at. If you're looking at U.S. equities uh, since 1950, I believe the, um, the average bear markets lasted 11 and a half months. So that was the, uh, the groundwork on what we do and what we've put together. Okay. And uh, so what is the basic investment philosophy that Sterling uses here? Yeah. So what we're doing is uh, we're rotating between asset classes, which are broad-based. And we're using electronically traded funds, which are ETFs, and uh, to do that. And we're rotating between commodities, REITs, U.S. equities, international equities, U.S. bonds, and cash. And the idea is, and by the way, the, the, the idea is to be 50-50 in the, in the asset classes that have been performing the best based on our model. Um, but essentially what we're trying to do is avoid everything that's going down. And we are, When you say 50-50, Mark, you mean you, you're invested in two different of those asset classes? That's exactly right. Okay. Yep. And the only asset class that we can take a 100% position in is cash. And so that's really our buffer. 
Um, in the mutual fund world, you don't see that uh, very often. We're one of the only uh, only mutual funds on the market that, that can go to 100% cash. Yeah. In fact, most mutual funds have a mandate uh, that they have to be fully invested at all times. And mutual funds, even if they believe that the market is going to head south for some particular period of time, they cannot sell everything that they have. They can overweight one sector versus another, but they cannot uh, get out of markets. That's not what they do. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. So you are, you, you, you have these, is it half a dozen different uh, sectors here, markets? Yeah, so, so we're looking at it actually asset classes, and it's the six that I just mentioned. Okay. The reason that those six work well together is because they have low correlation. So really, there are some that are going up and some going down. We just feel like we can do a very good job of predicting which ones are going down. And so in 2013, for instance, um, U.S. bonds were negative for the year, the bond ag which is the index for bonds, was negative last year. We never rotated the bonds last year. So we feel like we can do a real good job of avoiding asset classes that are declining. Okay, so you're looking at basically technical analysis, okay? And so you're looking at movement over the past six months, over the past three days. What, what, what time periods are you looking at? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's a proprietary formula, so, um, but, but it is. We, we're looking at price movement. We think that's the best predictor of the direction of an asset class, and it's the easiest way to, to avoid asset classes that aren't performing well. So, in other words, you're not using fundamental analysis at all? We are not. This is strictly price movement. Yeah, so you're looking at price movement. So you're looking on the chart, and you're seeing who is moving with momentum. Yeah, and we, we do this a little bit differently than, than chartists do, a typical tech, uh, technical analysts. What we're actually doing is pitting the asset classes against themselves and saying which two have the most strength out of the, out of the six that we rotate between. So that's what we're doing. We're not, we don't look at charts at all. Um, it's, it's simply taking... Uh, data points, and then pitting each of those different asset classes together. And we're trying to avoid the stuff that's going down. That's all we're attempting to do. And how often are you doing these measurements? Daily or every other day or every six months? Or yeah, We do this on a monthly basis. It, uh, it works on a weekly basis. It works on a bi-monthly basis. It works on a quarterly basis. But when I was, when I was back testing the data, um, what I found was the best risk-adjusted returns um, came on a monthly basis. So that's why we settled in on that. And our whole goal is to mitigate as much downside risk as possible. You know, we want to we want to give um, good exposure to equity markets when they're rising, but that's secondary to mitigating as much downside as possible. I see. So basically, you're, you're seeking to be in markets that are rising and out of markets that are falling, that's, you could, which is what everybody wants I, to do. I couldn't say it better. Okay. So that's what everybody wants to do. You basically measure, you, you, you basically move every month. Okay, so you may be looking at this more often, but you move every month, and you move into the two that are moving the fastest. And, and, and how do you determine whether to go to cash? So, so the cash portion of it is a second uh, look. So we're always going to have the top two uh, every month. And then we're looking, at, uh, we're looking at a little longer-term model to make sure that those two asset classes are actually in uptrends and they're not just the two best-performing asset classes in a broad market collapse. So that there are times, and, and all of us have lived through this because it, uh, last time was in 2008 when it didn't matter really what you owned. Everything was dropping. And so the, the, the second look is designed to take us to cash if there's no strength anywhere. Okay. So I would presume that the best market conditions for uh, your strategy would be a trending market, one that is moving either up or down. I exactly. That's absolutely true. So, But in a choppy market, you could get hit hard, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we could get whipside, and, and that's hap- that happens, you know, that happens periodically. So in the last time that we got whipside was, uh, was in uh, September of 2013. And I think most of you are going to remember this when uh, President Obama drew the line in the sand and uh, John Kerry went to the press and said that uh, we're, we're going to go to war. I mean, that, that's bas- that, that was basically what he was saying. You know, they've, uh, um, they've gone too far. And, uh, and so oil prices started to spike. And at that point in time, we didn't go to war. And so we got, we got pulled into commodities because of the rising uh, oil prices. And, but our, our mistakes are corrected pretty quickly. So a month later, we, we came out of commodities, and, and we went into the, uh, the best performer at that point in time. Okay, but but in a choppy market, uh, the, the, it could be challenging for you. It could be. You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, this has been a difficult year this year um, for everybody in our space, by the way. But yes. uh, it's um, you know, I, I, it, it, it's it, it hasn't been bad though. So I mean, it uh, you know, not keeping up in, in a choppy market, I'm okay with. Um, I'm more concerned with really uh, mitigating that downside exposure. I can appreciate that, but I can tell you from personal experience, clients like you to keep up <laughs> yeah well that's that's for sure <laughs> you know, those upward <laughs> movements uh they don't want to miss out on those and uh to tell them hey uh don't worry about it we're protected on the downside yeah but the market's not going down yeah and i can give you a sort of a, i think a pretty good live example and and we, we have an index that uh that both our mutual fund and our sma products um uh, re- tr- we, we attempt to replicate the index that we have. And that index um, in 2011, this was a very good example of a year where uh, the markets were highly volatile. And in the third quarter of 2011, the S&P 500 dropped someplace in the 14.5% area. And our index was down less than 1% during that uh, during that quarter. Um, by the end of the year, the index, our index beat the S&P 500 by 300-plus basis points. But we did that with a 0.23 beta. And what a beta is is looking at is how volatile um, an index or a strategy is versus uh, versus a potential uh, particular benchmark. So we were only 23% as volatile as the S&P 500 that year. Okay, so so that brings the next question. How What do you compare to? What benchmarks do you use? Yeah, and so that, that's a very good question. And uh, we, we, don't, we don't look like anything out there, which uh, makes us a great diversifying uh, tool. I, our closest R-squared, I believe, is right around um, a 0.5. And what R-squared is looking at is how closely do you replicate an index or how, you know, how closely do you follow an index. And, and our closest is, is 0.5, and that's uh, it's 60% world equity and 40% uh, Citibank um, uh, govs is the closest index. So, but we, we don't look like anything out there. Yeah, it is a very, very different. And so what, what do people compare you to? Uh, if, if somebody, the question that I get all the time as an investment advisor is, where does this fit in my portfolio? Yeah, and, and, and so what, what, we, what we think, what we believe, and, and there are advisors out there that use this in a variety of different ways. I mean, some advisors use us as a satellite, some as an altern- in the alternative space, some as an absolute return type of a product. I consider it as more of a core product that, that you take and you put in the middle of that asset allocation model and you carve equally away from growth, uh, your growth allocation as well as your uh, bond funds. And allow us to kind of be the the puck to tell you or to help that portfolio overweight certain um, uh, asset classes, whether it's U.S. equities, commodities, REITs, international equities, or bonds. So that's how I feel it's best used. Okay, so so this is available through advisors. 
it is strictly through advice. It's all advisor driven. It's uh, we, we have a ten million dollar minimum in our shop. So if uh, if you want to come to us directly, you can. <laughs> <laughs> with with ten million. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so if, if we were to kind of summarize here, what your plan is about, we would say, and you correct me here, we would say that you take these six asset classes, you measure their performance, and on a monthly basis, you get into the two that are moving the fastest if they are in as long as they are in an uptrend yeah, as long as they're in a longer term uptrend exactly okay so they need to be in a longer term uptrend longer term uptrend and then you have certain indicators that tell you that no matter what's happening you will still go a portion into cash and that portion would either be 50% or 100% into cash yeah, so, so we're always going to be in two asset classes. Right now, we're currently in uh, 50% U.S. equities, 50% U.S. bonds. That's how we're allocated for the month of October in 2014. Okay. But it's always going to be 50-50 between two. The only one of those six asset classes that we can take 100% in is cash. Is cash. Okay. And uh, how basically has this worked since 2008? Yeah, so we, we went live according to Gibbs in uh, February of 2010. Um, that's that's when we first that's when we had our first um, accounts that were separate from everything else. Uh, and Gibbs is the Global Investment Performance Standard, and so um, that's that's when they say our, our start date is. Okay, okay, and it, how how well has it performed? I mean, basically. Uh... I mean, performance has been strong. We've, um, you know, we've done a very, very good job of mitigating downside exposure on a quarterly basis, um, also on a top-to-bottom uh, basis, uh, and, and the upside has been has been very strong. We've done a real good job of keeping up with the equity markets when they're rising. Okay, and you're strictly in ETFs, so you guys do not get involved in any particular stocks or individual issues in any way. We, we don't. We we uh, we believe that most performance is is based on where, where the assets are in terms of asset classes, rather than being a great stock picker and, and adding value that way. What does the team consist of? Are you the sole person doing all the selecting here? Are you half a dozen of you? Uh, tell us a little about the firm. Yeah, so there, there's uh, there's seven of us at the firm. We have. Uh, we have decided not to build out a firm, a sales team. So what we've decided to do is partner with other firms uh, to distribute us to, through advisors. And, and those firms for us at this moment are, are CMG, uh, CMG Capital out of Philadelphia and also um, Alps out of Denver. So that there's seven of us total at the firm. I see. And so the seven, and, and you have uh, uh, other strategies, I, I imagine, uh, all built upon the same chassis, I presume. We do. We do. We've got, uh, we have a, an, an alternative bond strategy, a straight bond strategy, and an emerging market strategy, along with a global allocation that combines three of those. And uh, I would presume that in the world that so many people are concerned about today, again in October of 2014, of uh, we're going to have rising interest rates sometime soon. Now, most of us were saying that a year and a year and a half ago. <laughs> and everybody on CNBC was saying, hey, by the end of 2014, we're going to be at three, uh, three and a half percent on the 10 year and right today we're at 227 so we're much lower than we used to be but we do fully expect at some point interest rates have to rise so i would presume that you are well positioned for your tactical style investments to do well in that kind of environment yeah and in the uh the sterling tax rotation strategy i think is um i, I 
I love the way it's set up because if bond price, if bonds are doing well like they currently are, you know, that's it's gonna it's gonna pull us into the bond market. I would have never expected, Charlie, that uh, that we would be where we're at right now in terms of interest rates. But if bonds aren't performing well like in 2013, um, we're just gonna avoid that asset class. So I, I feel like when when I when I put this together, what I wanted to do is have a strategy that had the potential to perform well in a lot of different market cycles. And if you think of the 1973 through 1981 rising interest rate environment, um, we have the ability to perform well through that with, uh, because we can rotate to commodities and REITs, and, and, and more than likely those should perform well in that type of environment. But it's, th- this model is, um, is, is made to do well through a lot of uh, market cycles, whether it's rising interest rates, inflationary, bear markets, bull markets. It, it, it's designed to, to have the ability to do well. It does. We just hope that there's not too much choppiness yep. in the markets, right? <laughs> as long as we have trends, uh, we can handle that. That's right. Yeah. Well, if anybody uh, has any questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them about Sterling Global Strategies. Uh, we can be reached at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And what is your contact information that you'd like to offer uh, or, or a website that anybody could look at here uh, for you guys, Mark? Yeah, if anybody wants to uh, to check us out online, it's uh, www.sterling-g as in global, s as in strategy.com. And I presume if they just uh, Google Sterling Strategies or Sterling uh, Global Strategies, uh, they're going to get you guys, right? Google Sterling Global Strategies and we'll pop right up. Okay, that's great. Well, Mark, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we thank everybody for listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. And we look forward to having you back again. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.